Today, I'm going to talk to you about why we should be in small groups. So I'm going to attempt to answer that question. Yesterday, my wife and I, we, we were at Costco. And we never go to Costco on a Saturday because it's a madhouse. Everybody wants to go to Costco. But we actually see a really good friend of ours there. And she was actually the maid of honor at our wedding. Since I've been coming to church for about 20 years, I've been a part of small groups. And this lady was one of the first people I got in a small group with. She actually was my wife's college roommate. And she would invite my wife to church. And for years, my wife didn't come. She goes, well, thank you, but no, that's okay. And then my wife ended up going through something, calling up this friend we see yesterday and asking her if she can come to church. So, of course, my friend drives over, picks up my wife. I meet her that day. My wife hears the gospel message for the first time, and she surrenders her life to Jesus Christ. She joined small group with us, and a couple years later, we're married. So the thing I thought that was so God about this is that this lady we saw, her maid of honor, she actually lives in the Philippines. She married somebody else in our small group who was my best man. They weren't dating at the time, but she got married. And he pastors a church in the Philippines. So both of them quit their job here in Hawaii. They felt God's call, and they're up there doing ministry. So that's like crazy. We haven't seen her for several years, and we see her yesterday. You know, if you would turn with me to 1 Corinthians... If you have your Bibles, if not, it'll be on the screen. But 1 Corinthians 12, starting in verse 12. And it says, The body is a unit, though it is made up of many parts. And though all its parts are many, they form one body. So it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slave or free, and we were given the one spirit to drink. Now the body is not made up of one part, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has arranged the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is... There are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. 
And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. While our presentable parts need no special treatment, but God has combined the members of the body and has given greater honor to the parts that lacked it. So that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. So what it's saying here in this scripture is that we need each other. We're not built to be isolated islands. You need someone, and someone needs you. We're built to experience this thing we call life together. And we need to lean on people and support each other. We need to relate and respond, to give and to take, to confess and forgive, and to reach out and embrace. At my previous church, I was part of an Ohana group, and it actually was a bunch of seniors, mostly uh, retirees, mostly women. And I wasn't sure if I could go. Although I was retired, I didn't know if I was old enough. But I showed up, and they welcomed me with open arms. It was like I was one of their buddies. And the leader of the group, she was a strong lady. Her name was Auntie Betty. And, and you have to be pretty strong because the hen house was full of hens. I mean, I, I, I noticed that as you get older, you have an opinion that you are just dying to share. And Auntie Betty would have a bell that she would ring. If you talked too long or you went off subject, she would just ring the bell and you would know to stop. It's been maybe three years since I regularly went to this small group or Ohana group. And I pop in every now and then just because they have the best potlucks. I mean, women, they know how to cook or they know where to buy the good stuff. So we, we always can go there and have a fantastic meal. I get an email from one of them last month, the beginning of last month, saying that the leader of the group, Auntie Betty, is super sick. Auntie Betty has been on dialysis for the past three years. She also had problems with her heart. They wanted to get together 
and for two weeks, at 8 o'clock in the morning, come up to the church building and pray for Auntie Betty. I thought that was so awesome. Plus, the church is like three minutes from my house. So I ended up showing up and praying with them, and I was just in awe that like 12 people would show up at 8 o'clock in the morning just to pray for someone. You know, there's been new people who have joined the group. And I pop in every now and then. And even though I have spent such a short time with these new people, I feel like I have known them for years. And I think that's why we want to join a small group. Because we build trust. We build relationship. We can lean on each other when we're going through difficult times. When we're unable to pray for ourselves, our Ohana group will pray for us. They'll lift us up and build us up. I love these group of people. I invited them today. That's why there's so many of us. They all came. Would you raise your hand? Look, look at all of them. They're awesome. There's another Ohana group that I was never a part of at this church. And, and a, a couple decided to join. And they don't know why the wife shared with me that she decided to share that she got a bladder infection, and she didn't take care of it. She didn't go to the doctor, and it actually got so bad that it killed her kidney. So she had to start dialysis. She came to Ohana Group, and she shared. And she doesn't know why she did it. And somebody in that Ohana Group decided to get tested to see if he was a match. So the first thing they have to do to see if you're a kidney match is they have to see if your blood is compatible. You have to have the same blood type. And then there's six gene markers that they match up. And the more that match up, the better chance your body has of not rejecting that kidney. Well, this man and this lady, they're not related at all. But they found out that there wasn't enough matches of the genes that they were compatible. The last test they do is they mix the blood and they find out if the two different bloods will survive together. So that the donor kidney doesn't get rejected by the recipient. They fly to the mainland to have a surgery it's successful. I see this person that donated his kidney like a week later, and he's acting like nothing is wrong. I'm just like, that's crazy. You gave a kidney to somebody you don't even know. But it made me think, wow, would I do that if I was in that position? He would have never have known if that lady didn't show up at an Ohana group and God prompted her to share. You know, the weekend service, 
the sermon that you hear, it's kind of like going to a lecture at a university, a place of higher education. And Ohana groups are like the laboratory where you get together and you can talk about what you feel like God is telling you through the message that was spoken. And then you can share what you're going to do to apply what God has spoken to you. Because if we come on the weekend and we hear a good word, it'll be like my father used to always tell me, it's going in one ear and coming right out the other. It's only when we apply what God is telling us that we grow as Christians. Ohana groups are where we can build trust and where we can love each other, where we can feel comfortable. And even though we feel like we have to protect ourselves because we've been hurt so much, it's a safe environment where we can open ourselves up and let people see how God designed us. It's where, as we apply God's word, we become more Christ-like or godly. Godliness is following the example of Jesus Christ in dedicating every decision to the glory of God. I was thinking about this on Friday. I was chewing on it as I was driving to the store. Be right before I pull into the, the supermarket, I see a lady walking on the sidewalk. And she's maybe from here to the wall, away from the driveway. So I don't want to scare her, so I stop and I let her cross the driveway. But she doesn't cross the driveway. She goes to the entrance and then she turns into the parking lot of the supermarket. So I pull in. And just as I pull in, she decides to cross the driveway. So I almost bang her. I can tell she was like super scared. But as I pull into the parking lot, I could feel the daggers. She was like staring me down. And I felt so bad that I scared this lady. So I hurry, park my car, and she's, she's doing this. <laughs> and so I follow her into the supermarket and right inside the entrance, I tell her, excuse me, I want to say I'm so sorry for scaring you. I was waiting for you to cross the street, and it was my mistake. I thought you were going to come into the parking lot. I didn't realize you were actually going to try to cross it 10 feet in the driveway. 
I was like, I just want you to know I am so sorry. She looked me right in the eye. And sometimes, you know, people look at you, but sometimes it's as if they're looking right inside of you. She looked right inside. I felt like she was looking at my soul. She smiled and said, that's all right. And she gave me the biggest hug. Oh, I almost cried in the supermarket. And right then, I felt as if God said, every decision you dedicate to my glory, big or small, is what I want from you. Auntie Betty decided to stop dialysis. She had gotten a tumor, and they couldn't operate on her because if they operated, she would die. She was in so much pain, so she would take medication to ease the pain. But when you go to dialysis, they clean your blood. So all that pain medicine, within a matter of minutes, would be gone and she would be in excruciating pain. She would have to go the next day to continue her dialysis treatment. She decided that she had enough. And if God didn't want to heal her, she was okay with dying. The pastor of the church asked Auntie Betty if she would come and share with the church about how she was dealing with this, living in light of eternity. Auntie Betty shared that since she was a little girl, she had made the decision to consciously follow Jesus and that everything she did in her life was to glorify God. And whether God let her die or live, she wanted to bring glory. And even in her death, she wanted to bring glory to God. It made me think, wow, are we living like Auntie Betty? Are we truly trying to glorify God? 1 Timothy 4.8 For physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. Why small groups? I believe that we go to small groups, we get involved in Ohana groups because... Our goal should be to be more godly each and every day. And God says that, yeah, a lot of the things we do has some value. If we lift weights, that has value. But what God is saying is that godliness has value 
in all things, in everything you do, everywhere you go, with every person you interact with. So God is asking you, you make the call. Do you want to invest your time and your resources and your effort in the things that have some value? Or do you want to invest your time, your resources, and your effort in godliness, which has value in all things? And he makes this promise, not only for this life, but for eternal life. Can we pray?